You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hey, welcome, Sid Talk. Do you remember last week when we had microphones, uh, new microphones, and I said, this podcast is going to sound so much better. And then it ended up being the worst sounding one we've ever done. <laughs> Did you get comments? I got one comment on my on the comment section of the podcast that said, this is the worst sounding one. <laughs> yeah, well, that was my fault. I uh, didn't dial in the uh, noise levels and uh, I ended up recording all this, the background This is noise. the before the after the show discussion because today before the after the show show, we have been getting the microphones hooked up, covering my hand with the towel to... <laughs> to mute the yeah, we're, another thing we figured out this week if you have a microphone really close to you which we have here on our desks uh your mouse clicks and keyboard sounds will come through the microphone so a way to avoid that and what a lot of the twitch streamers do is put a thick towel over the hand it really wh- works where the mouse is i can attest to that because last week's podcast did have a lot of mouse clicks too from sid talk over there click it Clicking, clicking, clicking. So I apologize if you're wearing headphones because it was kind of irritating. But this week it should sound so much better. Um, everything looks good. We're ready to go. Excellent. Now we're not facing each other, which is weird because you're still looking. My I'm direction. facing you. <laughs> you're facing the side of me. I could face my monitor. <clears throat> it doesn't matter as long as you're facing the microphone. But I like to have reaction. And this movie has a lot of things that we can react to. <laughs> So, it is the weekend of Saturday, June the 10th. This is after the show number 430... No, 480. Is it 483 or 443? Don't know. 483, let's go for. What? How come you don't know? Um, my eyesight is not as Oh, you mean it says good. 483. I thought right. you said you could read it. I thought I could, but when that, those numbers kind of blend together. How and I have got my glasses on. Can you read all the rest of it? Just about. Okay. Okay. Um, so the movie we're looking at this week is The Assignment. It's a 2016 movie released on Blu-ray on June the 6th. So you can pick this up this week. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Lionsgate. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of The Assignment. Are you recommending that they pick it up this week? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. Is there, that a lie? There are reasons to pick it up. Is the, No, that is a lie. Because uh, we'll get to what you said when the movie was over. My synopsis isn't going to matter. It's a hit. No, man. the synopsis is kind of funny. Go on. It's a hit person. Go for it. Story. The synopsis <laughs> um, is good. Well, it's a spoiler, the synopsis, because you wouldn't know from the box or the poster. The box does say something about it, okay. actually. Okay, then I'll just say it. The synopsis is a hitman gets a, an unwanted sex change operation and becomes a hit woman, hell-bent on revenge. Yes. And if that <laughs> sounds like something you would love, this is the movie for <laughs> no, you. No, it isn't. Because it sounds like an interesting concept. And now before we go over I'm going to blow the wad and tell everybody the instant that movie well, the, was over. Uh, are we going to say the spoiler? Yeah, no. Might- you're what you said. I'm not going to say the spoiler. There's no more spoiler than that. But your word was... Turd. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, sometimes after a movie's over, you clap. You'll go, that was excellent. That was awesome. That was incredible. Today, it was like the last line of the movie came and went, and you just went, turd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I will uh, start by saying, this movie is by legendary film director Walter Hill. He uh, did The Warriors, which is a fantastic movie. I love The Warriors. I think it still holds up after all these years. We should watch it again. Yeah, Rockstar made a game of it. They liked it so much. It's an awesome movie. Go and see it. See it instead of this one, actually. He also made other movies that I wasn't aware of. Brewster's Millions, which I actually quite like as a comedy movie. He made 48 Hours and another 48 Hours. 48 um, Hours? I can get behind. And he also did... Oh, he's, uh, Southern Comfort, which is an amazing 70s movie. If you want to see a cool 70s revenge type movie, Southern Comfort. So he's into the whole revenge thing. He is. You've wronged me. And comedy, also. But um, this is, you know, Walter Hill's getting on a bit now. And this is a new movie from him. Now, interesting, the story about this movie is, 
When Sigourney Weaver was doing the original Alien, Walter Hill was a, uh, he was in the production. He actually wrote some of the written Alien and uh, he approached her while she was on the set and said, I've got this interesting concept for this movie, which was actually called uh, Tomboy back then, the script. And uh, Nick Sigourney Weaver really liked the script and said, we'll have to make that movie when I'm done with Alien. And it never happened. Because she would have been the lead role. So all these years later, many, many, many years later, it's come to fruition. Now, it feels like a movie that was wrote in the 70s, but it's just been jazzed up a little bit to make it kind of cool for for our era. I agree. With its graphic novel type thing and it's... It's trying very hard to be cool. I will agree with that. what it brings with it as a script from the 70s is a very basic story that really doesn't go anywhere. I don't think it, I don't think it says anything, even though it has a cool concept. What is it trying to say about anything? It doesn't seem to be saying anything apart from like uh, revenge. I agree. Which is pretty much what Death Wish and those kind of movies were in the seventies. Um, Make my day, punk. Yeah. So, you know, as a transgender thing. That it has, hook. It does nothing with that. But it's not even transgender because no. this person didn't want the surgery. Right. So it's not like a person, you know. It's not like, but you are, you do have to confront the issue of a person who has been forced uh, for whatever the surgery is that their body's been violated, and then the outcome is what it is, and then coping with that. Now I realize. I don't know. When he wrote it, he didn't want to focus on, you know, oh, he's, he now has to act like a woman because, because let's just say, in this movie, the surgeon, Sigourney Weaver, is like a genius surgeon. Not only is she good, she's like so good, it's perfection. Like perfection. So she's like amazing. There's no like scars or... Any doubt in your mind whatsoever. She said there's no scars to a... To the... Like an untrained observer. Right, yeah. 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 So So you have that going on. So it's like perfect. So there's no... It's not even like... uh, What's it called? It's not like botched or... It's not like half and half. It's just full on. Well, it's Michelle Rodriguez. So you know she's a woman. (laughs) But I mean, she's just the perfect woman now. And that makes it kind of, I don't know, lazy, I think, to make it so that she's so perfect. That was another thing I didn't really like. Well, what I liked, first off, about this movie is there's one moment in the movie that I liked. (laughs) And that is the concept of this movie of a person who, you know, you're this hit woman, hit man, sorry, I'm getting confused, at the beginning, is wakes up and looks down and is now a woman. Now, that whole concept there is should be very interesting. And, and it was lo- quite interesting. It should take longer than like a minute and a half. The minute and a half where of realisation <laughs> and was really cool, but then it never took advantage of it. They never went... It never like had a sense of humor about anything. It could have been kind of cartoony, I suppose, if you do it like those movies. There were a couple of movies in the eighties where um like something happens and the man's self and the woman's self get swapped around. So now the man's in the woman's body and it's um yeah, yeah, then yeah. like he has to like learn to walk in the shoes and all yeah, that stuff. All that stuff yeah. It's comedy. It's a full on comedy. Went there. Right. And it can become insulting. It could become so this character, Frank Kitchen, he's very, he seems okay with it once he's, ex- he's accepted. And that's cool. It's just that they don't even explore that. They don't explore him as a human being to say, you know what? I don't give a shit. Like, I'm this. This is the person I am. Now this is the package I'm in. I don't care. They didn't even, they didn't even go so far as to let her, him, be a person. Like confronting this whole no. thing, it was just there's no there's no character. It's development. very superficial. You know, I can still have sex with a woman. I just have to do what I can do. Yeah, that kind all, of stuff. Yeah, there's no character development at all. So, but that one moment where, like in the movie Lucy, where she has a realization of what's happening to her. That one moment, I thought 
succeeded in this movie. It just didn't take it far enough. Now, what it didn't succeed at this movie was... Everything else. A. This movie starts with Michelle Rodriguez that we all know, and she's very familiar to everybody. Very. As a man. Now, what that consists of, and what I thought at first, because I wasn't thinking about what this movie was about, was that she is a hit woman disguised as a man to kill some men, right? And I and was that's like, like her shtick. Everybody thinks she's a and man. And I thought to myself, yeah. that sucks because surely they can see through that disguise. She doesn't look like a man at all. A slender frame and the stuck-on beard that looks really dodgy. It does. It there's does. nothing... There's no... She's not pulling off a man at all. Like, there's no... There's there are no, slender men in the world, but yeah, they're not shaped like Michelle Rodriguez. No, she ain't pulling off a man in the slightest, right? So they've taped her boobs down and put a beard on her, basically, and a wig. It's terrible. All, all I'm looking at is, oh, it's Michelle Rodriguez pretending to be a man. Absolutely. So, so then when then they do a scene where she... The, Michelle, the man version of Michelle Rodriguez gets undressed and she has a long penis, right? <laughs> to, to, to say to you as the viewer, no, she's not pretending to be a man. She's actually a man. I still don't buy it when I can see the penis. So that, that kind of makes it a- awkward. <laughs> then you're like, really? You're trying to convince me? And then I was like, wow, this is really far out. It's a little bit, oh, <laughs> it's like really far out. Like, far wh- out, man. why did they sign up for this? Like, I don't get it. Like, so, then she does some people's wrong and those people give her the sex change. Then she wakes up. I don't know how long later. I think it said, but I wasn't paying while. attention maybe. I don't know if they did. I, I kept waiting to know how yeah. long it had been. So she wakes up in this scummy place and looks down. Oh, I've got boobs. Oh, put my hand in the vagina. You know, like check check myself out. And then, like you said, pretty much came to terms with it. Like... Almost immediately. A little awkward at times. Yeah, a little, a little like, oh, oh, God, my boot, you know, this is weird. But started running in high heels in about, yeah, I don't know, really minutes. quick. <laughs> I can't even run in high heels. So we're nitpicking on this because it takes over. Because the concept sounds like, oh, okay. So if it's conceivable that you could put a person, make a person unconscious for a surgery and then keep them in a sustained, like a coma. For months and months and months, it had to have been because she's completely healed everywhere. Oh, perfect, yeah, <clears throat> right. So if we if we take that leap, first of all, that while she's recovering, she's been kept in a state of complete and utter comatose, right? Okay, I'll buy that. It's a movie. It's fiction. Yeah, we've this seen a, we've seen more a, far out yeah, things. This than is that. a mental uh, a doctor with sort of a, a craziness about her. So I'm thinking, okay, she's motivated. She'll do it. So you go there and then the whole, and then you're like, okay, okay. So what would it be like if I woke up with a penis? I'm a woman. And I get thinking, what would it be like if I had a slot? And I want to, oh, charming. You know what I'm saying? I don't just have a slot. Because there was this. not like for quarters. There was the scene. No, there was the scene in this movie where she put her hand in like, and went, oh, like as a man would like, oh, this is odd. We don't have an opening here. You know. So that um, moment was all right, I thought. I didn't, because it was just not right. It just all felt wrong, because I wasn't convinced she was a man at all. So, not even when you show me the penis. It feels like a tool, literally, to... Because maybe they're watching it, and they put it all together, and they do the dailies, and they're like, everybody's saying she does not look like a guy. We have to, we have th- to show them she's a man. So yeah. they make a scene with her head out of the frame, obviously, because it's not Michelle Rodriguez with a penis. And now you're supposed to be convinced. And I'm not. I can't even take the leap. And I'm thinking if Ex Machina, with the budget that they had, can make her look believable, so convincingly yeah. like a machine, there's no reason they couldn't have done other sculpting or CGI somehow on her body to... Even in the brief scenes that we see from behind when she's having sex with that woman in the beginning or as a he, all you had to do was make that a dude. Yeah. Make every scene that we see from so a too. distance. You know, you can do lots of trickery and then sculpt her face a little. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking of these things. And this is what happens to me when I'm watching a movie that hasn't convinced me. 
I'm thinking of all the other stuff. I kept clinging to the fact that I enjoyed the the doctor being like who she was. I really liked her personality. I liked the Frank Kitchen character personality as well. It's just that unfortunately it was in the hands of people who didn't have a high enough standard, I don't think. No, I I thought all <laughs> characters were unlikable. I I, I couldn't unlikable, really... but I liked their characters but as I had in no... I appreciated them her her agenda and the way she delivered and like the psychiatrist guy. I even liked the girl that he hooks up with, you know, as briefly as we see her. Everybody seems fine. It's just I'm still hung up on the first part. Right. And that's what's my problem. Right. And that isn't the problem for me. Um, Yes, that is a problem because it doesn't work. But now the movie, now the movie starts to roll and, you know, female, beautiful version that the sex change has made her into like a beautiful, uh, immediately, no man yeah, but showing... Sigourney Weaver's character who does the surgery has puts her down a little bit by saying right. you're sort of like but still, shop girl. But still, pretty. even that doesn't... you're you're socially acceptable. Even attractive. that you don't buy. No, <laughs> you're like no, it's Michelle Rodriguez, and look at her, she looks beautiful, right? So, you know, a minute ago she was a bloke pretending to be a bloke, <laughs> and now she's Michelle Rodriguez. Basically, there's no. So there's that. She's Rochelle Rodriguez pretending to be a woman, pretending to used to have been a man, trying yeah, to pretend and, to be and a woman. She, she does try. She tries to do a man walk when she's a woman every so you know. But then it, she doesn't do it sometimes, and then she does do it. She tries to do some man mannerisms, like because if you have a sex change, you wouldn't immediately lose all the man stuff. So she tries to do that, but it, but then this is where the movie doesn't succeed. And if you think that part is it's this part for me. The next part of the movie is a revenge um, plot. And she goes to take out all the people who are involved in her having this sex change thing. And it's a, it's a line of basically like a video game, the way that works. You get the first guy, he leads you to the second guy, you go to the third guy, eventually you get to the head honcho, and then you've, you're, you know, Max Payne. The thing about this, though, if you're comparing it to video game is... <clears throat> She's gone into the game and bought all the microtransactions that give her all powers, all knowing. She's super good at it. There's no hiccup. No one ever. She never gets hurt. She never gets. No, this is what down. I'm saying. So, yeah. <laughs> so this doesn't work either, right? So she's going. She goes to kill everybody. It happens really quickly, like in the space of like ten to fifteen minutes of the movie. It's her with a narration, like a really old school, like seventies, like a Death Wish movie narrating so there was or like a film noir kind of a thing yeah almost like they're trying to be sin city or something like that but she's narrating in the bloke voice actually like it's the the blokey version of of frank kitchen not when she's gone female she still really talks like a man so it's michelle rodriguez doing a man voice so this narration is that voice and it's really irritating i didn't like it at all I, i wouldn't have had a narration I'd have told the story more, you know, visually. But anyway, what it consists of is her walking into a room, different places. She'll walk into a room, she'll shoot a man. Like, instantly. There's no build-up, there's no anything. And then the next thing, there's a room of five men. she walk in and shoot all five of them. There's another place which is a, like a warehousey type place. She kills everybody in there. But none of it has any tension. Or any anything. Like, it's just like, oh, she's walking. We watched John Wick last week. John Wick has a certain flair to it. And it's actually, like, it's ridiculous, like, superhero-ish. And actually fun to watch. And the choreography... Choreography? Choreography (laughs) is, is really interesting and almost like like a ballet. This isn't. It's just her walking and shooting. And sometimes she's just standing still and shooting. And uh, she gets through them all really quickly, like, and then we're up to the, you know, the final boss, basically, And if you're playing a video game. Yeah. And even the final boss is anticlimactic when it comes down to it. There's a bit of a twisty type thing at the end, which you saw come in, I thought was yeah. something different. <laughs> you wished for something yeah. weirder. <laughs> but um, even that is no payoff. I sat there, like I said to you at the end, 
it it does this thing every now and then to try and be stylish by turning the the frame of the movie into a comic book page, basically like a. But it comes and goes. It's very it, weird. Yeah, and it's almost like they did that after the fact just to add something. That's oh, how I it think felt so. like to me. Totally. It didn't feel like it was part of the movie at all. Because if it was. Wouldn't the credits be all comic-like at the beginning or something to make it feel that way? And it never did. It just, I agree. They just did it. So it's real thin. It any If you like a revenge tale, like watch Kill Bill. Like yeah. It's really satisfying, Kill Bill. Was, like When it gets down to it, it's satisfying. This isn't satisfying at all. For what this man has had done to him, a sex change while he's unconscious and then waking up to become a woman you know, against his will, is a horrific thing. Of course he wants to go and get revenge, but even the revenge doesn't feel... And then at the end, they try and set it up as like, oh, now now he's a kick-ass woman, and he's going to kick ass. But I was like, well, hasn't he already kicked ass, and this was all the only thing he... There's nothing else to deal with there, right? Apart from going back to being a hitman. Woman. <laughs> but it, it sets... It tries to set up a sequel that I I can't even see the point in that sequel. You really hope it doesn't come to fruition? I don't think it would. Um, But it's just so straightforward. And while that whole thing of somebody having a sex change against the will is really interesting, and in the hands of somebody else, I kept thinking, hmm, I wonder what this would be like if Luke Besson had it. Because he likes really interesting concepts, like Lucy. Maybe he would have turned this into something cool, you know, or interesting to watch at least. Or the revenge story part feels like it's earned and it's satisfying. Because were you satisfied by these shootings that she does? It didn't bother me the way you did. It bothered you because I, I kind of felt like I'm I'm being told through this quick process that Frank is an awesome assassin and this is why... First of all, he needs his comeuppance because even he says, I've killed a lot of people and you shouldn't kill people. So we've got a moral tale here that a person who's done these bad things might deserve this bad thing to be done to them, as in somebody taking away their life, basically, but not taking their life, right? Um, so it didn't bother me the way it did you, except I don't like movies that have an awkward pace. And so if we're... It seemed really... Ch every segment is... Here's Frank. Here's Frank being turned into a woman. Here's Frank killing everybody. Here's Frank facing down the bad guy. Here's the story in between interspersed is us going back and forth to the doctor to the and doctor giving us all interview. the exposition, yeah. which I like those parts a lot. And it's just paced in a way that felt uh, that was unsatisfying more than that. I didn't mind her being a good kill, killer person. It seemed to fit if I'm supposed to be convinced that this is why she made a lot of money being right. an assassin, so... It's also got a very sloppy script. Very. I'm talking like it's it's almost amateurish in parts. Not that we've ever written a movie script. No, but I've, <laughs> I've listened to a lot of movie scripts from watching movies throughout the years, and this one comes across as a, a really, really, like a straight-to-video type thing where it's slightly subpar in parts. Like, they, they also... Um, some of the dialogue is really... Some of Sigourney Weaver's dialogue, to me is very, I'm just telling you the audience stuff and I'm telling you stuff and I'm telling you stuff. And we've used this little vehicle of I'm telling the doctor the stuff, but the doctor probably already knows half the stuff. Yeah, he asks all the right questions. Yeah. She answers with all the stuff to let you yeah, know into her that. mind. And it feels like that. Yeah. And that just feels like a lazy script to me. Like you can, a clever writer can do a more interesting scenario than that. So there's that. There's also some shitty dialogue between like this girl that she's hooking up with and it just feels like I just don't give a shit like it's like it's I not said, real feeling I, I feel like the standard of the person in charge which would be the director I'm not saying Warriors isn't fine but the standard is different kind of like Kevin Smith he has a different when he's watching it his standard of what's entertaining and what fills in the gaps. See, that's another one of those. It's one of those movies where the person who wrote it fills in all the stuff with his own mind. 
And then we just get the parts they could afford to make into the movie. Whereas he's got the whole thing in his mind. He's had every conversation with Michelle Rodriguez about becoming a man. And he's right there with her. He's He gets to have Sigourney Weaver in his movie. All that stuff is filled in to him. So when he, if he watches back the movie, that's all in there. We're just watching it like it's all just the bits and pieces that trickle down to us. And that's how I feel like it. We got... Not the greatest bits and pieces of the whole process. And and there were times where I was looking at the screen going, why is Sigourney Weaver doing this, first off? And two, why is Michelle Rodriguez even doing this? Because it isn't like... I like It might have been pitched to her as something really cool, but it actually isn't that thing. It isn't to us, So I, but I can understand the challenge and the weirdness and maybe working with that guy. And I actually do like Sigourney Weaver's portrayal of this character because this is a woman who she's a surgeon but she is cold and she is odd and she is un unapologetic she sincerely believes she's smarter and better than everyone else and she tells them and there's no going back on it there's no like there's never a break in this woman being an absolute asshole. And you don't get that a lot with movies. You don't get that a lot of female characters who just get to be... She's not tough. She's not fighting everybody. She's not maternal. She's not elegant. She's not graceful. She's not anything. She's just this high and mighty, super skilled surgeon who did some shit she wasn't supposed to, so she was in trouble already. So she starts doing these ill... Um, illegal surgeries for people on the side. She gets to be real. And then there's only hints of mentions of experimentation on people doing unwanted surgeries oh, on other I, people, I not did just like, Michelle Rodriguez. So then you've got this whole person filled in, which I thought was really interesting. But I did like the one line where she said, because uh, yeah, she's been doing illegal operations and some of it's just experiments on like vagrants and stuff. And she does say, I, d- I didn't operate on anybody who wasn't... Who were, mattered. Who mattered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she's real cold. And yeah, she's, and she's, I really... I can see the appeal there. She sees them all as idiots. Like, like literally, this doctor who's interviewing her, <laughs> he's just a complete idiot. Like, and she, she makes it known to him all the time. You don't read books. You don't do this. You don't do that. It is where the only sense of humor comes through, is her obsession with, as they describe it, um, Shakespeare, and yeah. then she talks about Edgar Allan Poe. She's one of those people who quotes... Yeah. All these great writers and stuff, which we've all known people like that who can't speak for themselves. And so she does this a lot, drops these names. And if you're not familiar with it, then you're an idiot. Yeah. But it's relentless. It doesn't ever stop. So I can see why Ripley would like to do this character because she's not like anything we've seen her do before. It's just so... Except um, maybe Cabin in the Woods. But it's just so low quality that... It, the rest of it, the wrappings, yeah, yeah, the wrappings. The, yeah, what's wrapped around it doesn't isn't good. The filmmaking is fine. It's really, really basic. You can tell it has a low budget because it doesn't do anything fancy ever, really. It's all static shots. One. See, I don't think that's fair because you've even mentioned lately we watched a movie that had a tiny budget and it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. So but I would I'm, never, ever give them that excuse I'm ever not, again. I'm not giving any excuse. I'm saying it's terrible, like. Yeah, but you're saying you can understand why, but you can't because that girl yeah. with all the gifts had a million dollars and it's amazing. Yeah. Well, this one is all static shots. Uh, like, I do feel a lot of the Michelle um, Rodriguez assassination mission things were done that way because it's cheap to do it. If you got five men just stood in a room and she just walks in and shoots them, it's way better than a big action chase sequence that maybe a Tom Cruise movie would have. So it's cheap to do that. So I understand that, um, but it doesn't look... I would say it's more about how the person some, used the money they had and not the limitation of the money that There's they some had. really odd CGI lens flare just inserted for yeah. like no reason sometimes. In fact, one time... I've never seen anything like this, and it made me... It kind of made me, like, go, huh? And it was... You know when, like, George Lucas does a wipe and people... People even now say, wow, a wipe's really amateur. You don't do a wipe in, in movies. It, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like you're using like Coral Paint Shop, uh, Video Studio to do, the, do it. Yeah. Don't do that. This guy does a transition from a scene to another scene using a fake lens flare that kind of moves and then points <laughs> Multiple at Multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it looks shit. It looks like 
like you're watching General Hospital or something, some TV show, where where it would be fine. But in this movie, I was like, wow, somebody got somebody got wild with the editing tools, like, and just like started dropping them in there. And I couldn't believe it was in the movie. And nobody went, oh god, that looks horrible. Don't do that. It doesn't look real. It looks like we're all. It looks like we're actually on. J.J. Abrams' Star Trek Enterprise for a second. <laughs> so don't do that. Don't get me started. I mean, it's not that bad, but there are <sighs> there are moments of that where I was like, wow, so unnecessary, and it probably costs money, and why is it even in there? So Standards, low, different standards. So moving on to the cast, um, Sigourney Weaver plays Dr. Rachel Jane. You know, I like Sigourney Weaver, but I like you said you kind of liked it. I liked it, yeah. No, I, liked I did not like it at all. There was times where I was like, the script that she is reading, it sounds like she's just reading it because she's uninterested. Like, there were but parts- she is uninterested. That's the thing you got to you got to get that. In your well, head. I understand the character, but- right? That's what I'm saying. She is as mechanical as you can get as a person, and if you think of her whole agenda, she thinks she is better than humanity, but she's doing humanity a favor by all yeah. of this, and that comes off very cold, methodical, and so I totally bought into that. I thought she was good. Yeah, I wasn't super into her, and I really like her. You know, obviously Alien is one of my favorite movies of all time, really. And a lot of it down to her. Michelle Rodriguez, who I can't say I'm a fan of, but I have watched her a lot over the years. I was just looking at some of the stuff she's been in, you know. She was in Avatar with Sigourney Weaver. She's in the Fast and the Furious franchise. She started with that girl fight movie. Interestingly, this is only her second movie as the lead female role. Um, after all that time, she's never really been cast in a lead role. Um, what do you think of Michelle Rodriguez? Um, you know I've never been a fan. No. And this, it, it's not, I don't know. I th- you know it what? It makes me hopeful because I think she was, I don't know, I was not disappointed I think because I'm not a fan, but, and there were moments where I could see the the process genuinely happening for her to kind of figure this out and taking it very seriously. But with that came, like you said, no sense of humor, no even little like grin at herself in the mirror. And while that sounds cheeky, I don't know, this movie needed a little bit of balance, not to where you're not committed to it being this revenge movie, but a little bit of injecting that, and she didn't have any of that. That I would have felt made it better, but I didn't dislike her. I feel like she was given what she was given, and she did well with it, but she didn't win me over. And apparently any of the nudity, which there's quite a bit of nudity concerning her even, where she's topless at least. (laughs) Apparently, according to the trivia on IMDb, none of the topless stuff was her, so... They did some tricky stuff that maybe that's where most of the budget went. That CG stuff, the body replacement or whatever <laughs> that we, because I, I assume they have a body double Michelle Rodriguez who will get nude and then they stitch her head on. But I didn't notice it, which was interesting. It did look like her to me. I wasn't like. If you think about it, the mirror scene though, the mirror has was a bit odd. either like a crack or some dirt and up near the top, and then it's kind of distorted, and then there's her body with other things sort of in the way. It was kind so of that well, was the tool to get it to look, you know. For this movie being so like low quality in parts, that was kind of well done. So props to that because yeah. we've, we've watched Game of Thrones, which is a multi-million dollar production, and they did a head replacement. Uh, shame, shame, and oh it God. was, and it looked weird. I remember like, watching it. I was just like, "That's not right." Yeah, that's just weird. Like, it's just odd. So, in all of this movie, them showing Michelle Rodriguez naked when she wasn't really the naked person is what impressed you. It was pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, Michelle Rodriguez herself, I think she's watchable. I liked her. You know, I like the Fast and the Furious movies, and in that, she seems to fit to me. Like Vin Diesel fits in that too. You know, they're just action stars and that that's what those movies are um when it's something with a bit more depth like this movie's supposed to have i don't feel like she brought it um yeah so i don't know i need to see her in a really dramatic role that is impressive but we never do we see her in the resident evils and the you know fast and the furiouses and uh 
Robert Rodriguez movies. She's been in some Robert Rodriguez stuff, right? Was she in, like, Grindhouse or... No, she was in something. She's been in some of his stuff. Not sure. Sin City, maybe? Um, I don't remember. No, I'm I'm feeling like she would be one of his actors, but not <laughs> just because so. she's Carl Rodriguez, but... Um, no, that is why. Maybe she was in uh, Desperado or something like that, one of those ones. I didn't, never saw it. So, um, Tony Shalub plays Dr. Ralph Galen. He's a monk, right? Yep. Um, He's not a monk. He was monk on the TV show. That's monk. what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, some of my thoughts, what you mean? He's um, not a monk. He's all right. I mean... No, he's fine. I was actually, like, their conversations, they matched each other, so I felt like he wasn't cheeky or... That's a problem yeah. with this movie, though. It never, ever breaks into... it. There's never a, a humor or a light moment of anything. Yeah. And then on the other flip side of that, it's never too grim either. Like, it's it doesn't ever commit for either See, side. that's one of my big complaints of movies. You know, like you watch a Robert Rodriguez movie, for instance, where it's kind of schlocky and grindhousey, uh, like Machete, let's He's say. He's all in. Machete. <laughs> He's it's, all in on that one side. It's got a funny... It's it's kind of laughs at itself, and it's also kind of action packed and and interesting to watch. But it knows what it is. This doesn't feel like it knows, or it feels like it just is this grim, <laughs> grim on one hand, and then really vanilla on the other hand. Like it's uh, it's there's nothing to sink your teeth into. Um, and then finally, I put down Caitlin Gerard, and she plays Johnny, and she's the love interest. So. When Michelle Rodriguez is a bloke, she has sex with him. And then when he's, when Michelle Rodriguez is a woman, she also has sex with him. <laughs> Her. Which is fine. Yeah. So that's why. I happened. mean, they don't need my permission. I'm just saying it's, it's presented in a way where it's not, nobody's terribly freaked out or anything. We find out stuff later, but yeah. I thought she was fine. She was a little bit, hmm. What you find out later, though, explains some of her behavior. Yeah, it does explain so, you know, some of it, yeah. yeah. There's a bit of a twist, but it's not... Again, it's not that interesting. It's like, okay. But it's right there in front of you. <laughs> like, it's not something you really need to figure out. Yeah. So, directed by Walter Hill. Red Heat was another movie he did, if you remember that one. I actually quite like that. 48 Hours, The Warriors, Southern Red Heat, Comfort. you loved? That was Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah, it was quite good. I, John Belushi. In its day. Eight, as an 80s movie. I thought okay. it was quite a fun 80s action movie. <laughs> it might be out of date now, but like this movie's kind of out of date already. Um, so Walter Hill... I don't know. I like some of his movies back in the day. I mean, you probably liked Brewster's Millions, right? Yeah. You probably liked 48 Hours. The original. Yeah. 48 Hours. Yep. Quite cutting edge 48 Hours for its time because it took like a cop movie with a bit of comedy to it um it started kind of that genre off the buddy cop kind of mm. you know it, it, there Did wasn't it, anything was like that, that before or after lethal weapon i think it was uh Beverly Hills cop. they were around the same time weren't they yeah but it's, it wasn't the first no there's many from the 30s 40s 50s 60s but this 70s. kind of that 80s thing which became a big thing like there was lots of that sort of stuff mm. um and it was quite good and Southern Comfort is a pure 70s movie that I think you'd enjoy. So I don't like this movie from Walter Hill. Um, Walter Hill doesn't have any cachet with me, though. I didn't look at this box and go, oh, from Walter Hill who did The Warriors. This is going to be awesome. I didn't think that. <laughs> because The Warriors, while awesome, it's not particularly... It's a piece of grindhouse kind of cheese... It's not particularly well made or anything. It's just fun because of the characters. It makes it, it actually feels like a video game, right? Um, yes, yeah, so it can very easily be turned into a graphic novel. And it was turned into a video game, game by It'd Rockstar. It'd be a good video game by um, Telltale. One of those. Yeah, but Rockstar made it. They did, they did it as a Grand mm. Theft Auto type game where you have to get across the city with your gang. So, um, yeah. So, extras. I am going with uh, one extra on this Blu-ray. It's the worst. <laughs> it it's is. possibly the worst extra I've ever seen. First off, it's called a production gallery. It's um, terrible. And what it comprises of is still photos, 
with some music. And it's just still photos from the set. None of them are interesting. It's just the people smiling at the camera. Yeah, it's nothing you didn't see in the movie or don't no. expect to be seeing. It lasts for two minutes and that is it. That's the whole thing. So if you want any insight into this movie, you want Walter Hill to tell you how awesome it was making it or anything, you're out of luck because there's nothing. Um, so conclusion on this movie, The Assignment. It's got to be one of my worst movies this year. I I gave it a three. It's really only because I think that I liked certain elements. It was it's a, it's a zero. I know people will be like, "What can't be that bad?" But for me, other than having a good conversation about it and being able to really, the fact that you said "turd" when it was over kind of <laughs> I just <laughs> it actually made me enjoy it more. Because I'm like, like, we're on the same page on yeah. this one. We're not always, um, but those th- few things elevated it for me just enough. Each thing that I liked got a point, which would be Sigourney Weaver, him, and Michelle Rodriguez actually trying to do this, but her, you know, everything around her, I don't think, let it happen. Nah. So, um, yeah, conclusion. I, I can't recommend this movie. Sorry, but maybe you maybe you should go and see it and make your own mind up. Oh, always see him. Yeah. Don't take our word for it. Just True. go watch it and then come back or come back to what we've said and be like, oh, they're so right. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Lionsgate for the Blu-ray. Uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be the Lego Batman movie, uh, the sequel to the Lego movie. So we'll be having a look at that next week. Uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to ascoli.com. And uh, yeah, that's that. So movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of the assignment. Movies that you should... You could probably spend time watching, and it would be time better spent than watching this one. <laughs> now you can't say that. So my first one, yes, this would 100% be you know time. what? Some people think Catwoman with Holly, what's her face? What's her name? You know who I'm talking about? Catwoman. Catwoman. With? Not Michelle Pfeiffer, the other one. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. You said Holly, so now I'm just thinking of Holly Hunter. Holly Berry. Holly Berry, yeah. It's absolutely trapped. Tra- it's a turd. Actually, and there are people who have said, no, that's my favorite movie. Like, yeah. favorite movie. Right, well, so I am assuring you that these two <laughs> movies, will you'll have a better time. <laughs> Number one is my favorite Sigourney Weaver movie, and it's the original Alien, the Ridley Scott original one. Uh, it's the movie that made her a star, and she's fantastic in it. it, it you know, she's great. So, Alien. And my second one is The Warriors. Um, if you want to watch a Walter Hill movie, that is a really fun time. It's very 70s, but it is also very cool uh, and a really unique thing. I don't think I've seen anything like that since. Nobody's really explored that. Like No. Because um, it's almost cartoon-like. All the different gangs in the city. It's have... definitely a cartoon. Like it, yeah. it could also be a video game. Which mm-hmm. it has been. Yeah. And uh, definitely a graphic novel of some kind. And it's just it cool though. When I was a kid, I was literally a kid when I watched it. And we had it on VHS. I'm talking like, you know, a 12 year old. And I watched it and uh, I was like, wow, you know, the, all the, they meet different gangs throughout the city as it goes on. And there's like the gang that have the faces painted and they got baseball bats. They're like baseball players. And then there's like a gang that look like Hell's Angels. And then there's a gang that are like really weird. Like they make <laughs> funny noises. It's just awesome. It's a bit Mad Maxi. Like feels like dystopian. But uh, yeah, it's a cool movie. Um, the Warriors. So that is Walter Hill's big movie for me. And mo- a lot of people. What are your recommendations? Mine are going back to 30 years ago, 1987, when this long list was released. And I've seen them either at the time or since on some sort of medium this week, not necessarily released this week in 1987, but Three Men and a Baby, mm-hmm. which was, again, one of those 80s things that kind of like, oh, you hadn't seen anything quite like it, but you have. Because in the 40s and 50s, there were lots of what people now would call gender bender movies, strangely. And I don't know if everybody thinks that's appropriate, but they did. Where the man took on the woman's role, the woman took on the man's role. And not like what we're talking here where they swap who they are, but taking on the duties that are generally thought of as female or male. Was Tom Selleck in it? Yes. Tom what, Selleck, Ted what, Danson, and I forget the other one. What does um, <clears throat> the lady from Bob Burgers say about Tom Selleck? 
She says, oh, when I die, we're talking about Linda Belcher here. Oh, when I die, I want you to cream at me and throw my ashes in Tom Selleck's face. Yes, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And then she fantasizes about him and she's like, what's your favorite thing about me? And she's like, my ankles. And he's like, no, you're a great mother. And she's like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Tom Selleck. I like Bob's Burgers, by the way. I've seen every episode now, probably. Oh, I'd say. Anywhere from... 10. I've seen the new season now. I'll eat at least 10 times and uh, up to, I'd say, 150 times. 50 and I, times. I have never really seen it, but I have heard it so much. <laughs> You've heard the theme song so many times. Yeah, so many I try times. to skip it when I'm on a when I'm on a jag. I just heard them talk. I, I know the plots of episodes without even looking. <laughs> I just know from listening. And it's weird because it's weird I will sit, <laughs> sit down and think, okay. I'm going to watch a Star Trek because I have all of Star Trek also that I at my disposal. I can yes, watch, which I love Star Trek. So every once in a while I get on a kick for a Star Trek. But I'll sit there. I'm like, okay, I've got all of Archer. I've got The Simpsons. I've got American Dad. I've got Family Guy. I've got all of Bob's Burgers. And there are lots of episodes of those other ones I haven't seen. There are. And yet I'm like, oh, I was on episode three of season two. And I really like this one, this one, this one. So I think I'll watch those. And I'm not even watching because it's just on. It's like listening to a song that you love. I know the words. I know the affectations. I know what it looks like. So in my mind, I can see it all. And I laugh. I can be in the other room. And if I hear Louise say something, I will laugh out loud. And you'll be like, <laughs> So are you going to recommend Bob's Burgers as well? I'll, I'll recommend Bob's Burgers. <laughs> throw them. I'll throw that in there. No. Three Minute of Baby. And the other one is Moonstruck. Which, yeah. And Nicholas Cage. If I could turn back time. If I could turn back time. She was on something the other day. Naked? She's really old, right? Uh, I mean, she's 70s. She's 70s. I don't don't think that's right to say that's old, but okay. Do you remember when she was on the deck of the ship in that video? Yes. Do you remember that outfit? Uh, Yeah. It was like... (gasps) She's not still wearing it. She was wearing that outfit. Oh, right. Uh, Yes, she was wearing that outfit. It was a thong up her ass, and it was uh, like, like... I think somebody said that I don't need to see Cher naked anymore. Or no, something like that. I, it was, I think it might have been the Grammys. I saw a clip from it and I was like, oh my God, it's like Grandma <laughs> Cher is still wearing the same outfit. But you know what? I say do what you want. It's free country. You do. You wear what you want. If people don't like it, they can kiss your ass. True. It doesn't matter. And you could have kissed her ass. It was completely bad. <laughs> <laughs> I say that as my fat flabby arms are hanging out with my sleeveless shirt. And I said, a lot of people don't like to see the fat flabby arm. With the, uh, you know, jiggly whatever. And I've just got, oh, I don't give a shit. I'm 49 years old. I got fat, flabby arms. It's very comfortable. If you don't want to look at my arms, if that overrides the content of what I'm saying or who I am, maybe I don't really need to be in a conversation with you. Or if you don't look at it, just go somewhere, turn around and send me a text. That'd be fine. And this <laughs> this uh, podcast has no video component, so <laughs> they don't have to... It's a good us. thing because look at me. I'm sitting here with my hand under a towel. You I'm are. kind of scrunched over in my chair with my fat, flabby arms. And, uh, like, I love this microphone here, though. I think it's working well. But you're, and you're over there in the dark. As long as you're talking into it, we're good. You're over there in the dark. <laughs> like you're like a creepy guy staring at me. In I'm the not dark. in the dark. You're totally in the dark. I've got a big light behind me. It I know. You, that means you're a silhouette to me. So you're right. like, I can see a reflection in your glasses. So there's like a. <laughs> All right, so games and Ace Scully stuff. Moving um, on. Moving there's on. a new game out uh, today, actually, called Dirt 4. I think it comes out this evening. Um, it's the latest in Codemasters racing series, the Dirt series. The last game they made, Dirt Rally, I thought was really good, but it was like a spin-off from the main series. This is actually a numbered one. It's rally racing. It's got all that fun stuff, like where you drive cars into foam bollards and stuff. Um, I haven't obviously not played it yet because it's out today later on. I will be playing it and I'll tell you about it next week, but I just want to make you aware it's out. Dirt 4. It's on PlayStation, Xbox and PC. I'll be playing the PC version. Also today, starting at 7pm, which is right now, um, Overwatch, which I play daily. It's the double XP weekend starting today, so... Oh my gosh, you better start, you better play, you better You can play. get in there, and you can get double XP. And wh- why that is good is it's still the anniversary event. So you get the anniversary loot boxes for every few games that you play. This will make it half of that, so you'll only need to play two games to get a box. And the boxes contain those cool skins that you can only get during this event. And I'm so wanting that Diva skin, which is 
diva in a 1950s kind of outfit, and then her robot looks like a 1950s Chevy with the like the blue paint that you think of when you see those driving. I always think of a drive-in where they drive, and Diva looks like a drive-in waitress kind of thing. It's really cool. I want that skin, so I'm going to play a lot of this double XP weekend. Svengoolie. You won't catch it this week, probably. I won't. I will. What is it? Svengoolie is a two-hour horror-hosted show on MeTV on Saturday nights by the host Svengoolie himself, and he presents a movie that's like, could be from the 40s, 50s, 60s. Now we know that 70s often it's just like old horror like frankenstein dracula or the offshoots of each of those or you know um what's he called godzilla which doesn't really yes. do much for me anymore or Evan costello but overall i'd say we have about a 80 percent uh, approval rating i think last week's was pretty me what was it that was, it, it was right of frankenstein Oh, last week's was actually yeah, good. It I was like the week Brian before, the, the Abbott and Costello one the week before that was like, oh. Yeah, I wouldn't hear for that one, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah Bride of Frankenstein. I like any of the Universal no, Monster Bride stuff. Fra- yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. This week is The Mummy's Tomb with Lon Chaney Jr. In fact, let me say. But you know, Bri- he'll be all wrapped up, so you don't have to look at him. Yeah, Bride of Frankenstein actually blew me away by, it was from the 30s, and some of the camera work and interesting stuff that they did, like crooked angles, uh, like shots that look like drone shots where so they zoom in. So 80 years ago, yeah. that movie did more for you than the one that we did watch. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was quite in- technically that movie made in the 30s. And you know how big those cameras were back then. This That movie did a lot of cool shots that other movies did not do. So yeah, that was our Bride of Frankenstein. So what's for dinner tonight? And then we'll leave. Tonight will either be Subway or Jimmy John's. I haven't and decided yet. Or I can make us a burger. But I think... Or some frozen dinners. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't landed yet. So you have any input? No. I know what you're going to say. Subway or Jimmy John's. <laughs> I, I'm fine with a dinner or a burger or a Subway or Jimmy Any of those four. That's very decisive of you. This isn't helping. Well, the dinner We're not thing. deciding what, together. What's the dinner? Is it a vegetarian dinner? Frozen dinners? One of the frozen dinners? I don't, I don't think I've ever had one, so I don't know what it is. They're pretty good. They're not very big, but they're pretty good. We'll see. All right. Jimmy John's is my best option, because I get in the car, go there. Five minutes later, I'm home with dinner. But All right, so um, let me t- tell your advice, and then we'll leave. My advice is this. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be cruel or ungrateful for people saying nice things. I am a person who likes to have a project. I don't know if you've noticed in the last 17 and a half yes. years that we've yes, been married. <laughs> We're married, by the way. If you've not been, if you've never listened to us before, we're married to each other. And you for do, a long time. you do like to have a Since project. Since the year two thousand, which makes it very easy to count the years. It's been what you, <laughs> what you will know about me is I like to play a video game every day. Yes. And what you will know, I will know about you is you do like to get on a project. I do. I like my projects. You throw I like yourself to, into it. I do. I like to make artwork. I like to make kitschy things. I like to make stupid shit that probably nobody else cares about. So when I go to a family reunion, which is why I won't be here this Saturday. I like to make things like those old-fashioned fans that you used to see in churches or courthouse courtrooms, you know, back in the like movies from the 30s and 40s where people are all fanning themselves. And it was a big deal. It was a big thing. There were advertisements on them. It was a huge cultural thing. It was just part of it um, until, of course, electricity and air conditioning started kicking in. And even people like my mother's age and around my mother's age say they remember going to church or going in uptown and at the store, at the restaurant, you'd have to pick up one of these fans and it would be like insurance company or the church would have one with their little name on it or whatever. So I was thinking about buying a bunch of them one year for the family reunion. Antique stores seem to think they're very precious. I was not going to pay that much money for them. So I started making them myself. Now what that means is I sit at the computer on my butt and I make little designs. This year it kind of looks like an old newspaper a little bit, just named our name and the year and where we're having the reunion and then a couple old pictures of our like great 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 grandparents that we have and then on the back I just did a little collage of pictures from reunions since 2004 because like we're making new memories and that's it like slap that together print it out on some cardstock fold it in half and glue it on a stick like big tongue depressors that you get they're actually craft sticks but they look like a tongue and that's it I sit, you know, with my glue stick, I fold the paper, glue it down, I enjoy it, I like da-da-da-da-da. Every minute of it is pleasurable, even if I'm doing it at the last minute, which I will be. It is fun, and this is what I hear. I get a mixed reaction. Some people are just like, 
I love it. It's so awesome. I just love it. I love it. And that is the perfect reaction. That's kind of what I want. I want people to enjoy it. There's like a little novelty you take home with you. They all have the years on them. Other people are like, oh, you just put so much work into this. Oh, you know, you've really put a lot of work into this. It really looks like hard work. And I just think someone else might take that as a compliment and think, oh, it is. It's really a lot of work and I've put a lot of time into it. I'm not that bullshit. I don't go for any of that. What I think you're saying is you're too lazy to do it. <laughs> now, if that's not your intention, then I apologize. I do. But it's what it sounds like that from your point of view, you might have an internal little voice saying, oh, I would never sit down for three hours and make a design and sit down for three more hours and glue a bunch. Of That's just a lot of effort that I wouldn't be willing to do. So I'm going to point out to you how much work it was. No, it doesn't work that way for me. Even when I'm at work, at my job, <laughs> I don't feel when people say how hard they're working. We work in a data center. It's IT. You know, there's moments when it can be very stressful. It's not hard work. You know, it's it's the time of your life. And I don't get why people like to sort of, they think they're adding value to a thing by saying how hard a work it is, but you're not, you're devaluing it in a way to me. And maybe I'm the only one. If anyone's listening to this, and every single person's like, what are you talking about? That's cool. But I bet there's one person out there who enjoys these little side projects. And when everybody starts acting like it's such a big deal, oh, what a burden. You just want to like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. what. There's no reaction that I can give except to tell people like, it's not a lot of hard work, really. Maybe you should try it. <laughs> Maybe you should try doing one of these projects. It's fun. It is fun in life to make something that other people will. It'll add some value to the moment and the memory. Like this podcast. That's right. I'm adding. I'm adding value to your lives by saying these things to you. But... I just don't like, I don't like it. I guess it's a personal preference for people to be like, now, if I was outside, like digging a big giant hole in the yard, <laughs> to me, that, that is actually hard work. That depends on why I'm digging the hole, I guess. I didn't think it was hard work to put up my raised bed. And that took me all day. It was hot and sweaty. I made seven trips to Lowe's. I carried a lot of bricks. Even that I wasn't like, oh, what was me? This is so hard. All I was thinking was, yes. I'm going to have a raised bed. I'm going to grow some stuff, you know. So maybe my attitude is just a little bit different. All right. I don't know what the advice was, but you get the gist. We didn't mention it last week, but I just want to say the Manchester attack and the London attack, which happened recently. And today it's the actual UK election. Mm -hmm. The UK has been going through a lot of stuff. A lot. I watched the concert on Sunday. Uh, for the Manchester, which was really good, I thought. One Love concert. If you want to look it up on YouTube, I'm you sure can you can see the whole thing it. on there. BBC posted it. Uh, they took all the worldwide restrictions off it, so anybody can see it. But um, this world. I know. We do um, something horrible happens, and then we all band together for a little bit. You can see there's a pattern in there of how it happens. Um, but People are good. Now I'm the I'm the skeptic. I'm a cynic. I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in anything. Like nothing. They there's are no, good. There's no spirit or gods of any kind in my my perception of the world. None of that. And yet I can still say that I do think and see and feel that people are good. And that some something along the way, either the way their brain is wired just genetically, or things that occur impress upon them certain whatever and it could be anyone anybody anywhere i'm not picking anybody special it could be the guy down the street who's beating his wife because he feels like a nothing and wants to take out his anger on somebody else it could be anybody doing anything that is damaging someone else for their own thing and yet because that seems so horrible it seems like it's hopeless that humanity is hopeless i don't believe that i believe that the reaction to those things tells you the truth about humanity and that you know one person can put on a bomb walk into a crowded room and kill as he did how many people 22 people or one person can fly a plane into a building and kill 3,000 people or whatever that is one person who did all of that damage and then think of the 
the goodness that was drawn out of people because of that one person's horrible, shitty, you know, I don't believe in evil, but I believe in being just fucking bad, you know, and that's bad. So, so I think most people, most humans you're ever going to encounter, regardless of, you know, wading through all the shitty stuff, I, we just, we're good. We just, some people get, I don't know. So our thoughts go out to all the people Absolutely. who are affected by that because it's horrible, horrendous. It is. Don't let it. Don't let it get you down. I and that sounds really flippant, but you know. And on a uh, more positive note, <laughs> the uh, leftovers ended this week. Is that positive? Well, it's positive as in it was cool to see the ending of it, but it's negative for me as in I miss it now. I'll miss it. I'll let, was <laughs> yeah, but you got Carrie still. Really Carrie Coon is still in Fargo. I did like the ending. I don't know if you did or not. You were in. I I thought about it a lot. I'm actually really neutral because it didn't do anything for me whatsoever. It's I mean, not. I wasn't seeking anything except maybe some answer. We got a little bit of a hint of possibly something, but it was all very, very self indulgent for the writers and the cast and the people who were making the show. That's obviously kind of weird and kind of different, and it all just went in line with that. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Doesn't serve me. Yeah. As a story listener or story watcher, so I, I was very indifferent. I, but I knew re- you loved it. So I really, really liked the um, scene though between Kevin and Nora at the end. Yeah, I like the scene. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I like that a lot. It's just that it's out of context for the whole of the rest of it to me. So we I just know. have a very different point of view on this subject. And the other thing is, keep watching Twin Peaks because <laughs> yeah. the. I like to call it at the moment the continuing adventures of Dougie. <laughs> and every moment of Dougie on the screen for me, it's it's gold. It's like funny gold to me. Like it's because I know Agent Cooper. Personally. What Agent Cooper is. And Dougie <laughs> yeah. is so far from him. And I'm sure it's really frustrating a lot of people that we're not getting to Agent Cooper. But David Lynch, this is an 18 hour show. We're only at hour, right. we're only in hour five. Yeah, exactly. That's the way I definitely look at it. So some people might be like, well, no, I just want to get Cooper back. I just want to get Cooper. You'll get him back eventually, but I'm finding this really fun. Like, it's a different take on Twin Peaks that he's doing. There's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of horrendous stuff, weird murder things. and It's just a great show. I, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I thought, because you're not really familiar with it, that it might be a bit too weird for you to watch. Like, cause I was thinking she doesn't really know anything about Twin Peaks. So it's all going over her head, the whole thing. But I actually <laughs> think this one's more coherent than the other one. Thanks for giving me all that credit. <laughs> but don't you think it is followable even if you don't know it, right? Um, you do have to have seen I don't part. know if it's followable. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but if you can let your mind go and not attach yourself to any formulas or expectations, and you let the weirdness be, you know, just let it be like the song from Leftovers. Just I mean, let it be. And don't attach like judgment to any of it, which is difficult. But the quality is there. There's quality in every scene. There's something it interests me in every it. person, even though I don't know what the hell is going on half the time. I'm not even trying because it's just got the overall... You know, and I always talk about telling me a story. I feel like the story is the weirdness. And that's it. I, I accept that. And so, yeah, I'm enjoying it. The scenes I love this week were, number one, <laughs> these are a couple of my favorite things this week. One was the guy who, they, they get him coffee in the meeting every week and he never drinks it. And then his coffee gets swapped for, he says, oh, well, all I've got is this uh, green chai tea. And, like, that turns out to be his most favorite drink yeah, of exactly. all time. <laughs> well, he didn't say that. <laughs> but, you know, you can see, on his, you can see on his face that, that that's his drink. It's not coffee. It's that. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. And my other thing that I loved was um, the, uh, what's she called? The, I always forget her name. The blonde-haired girl from, she's a movie. I think, I always say, think Chloe Savenny, but it's not Chloe Savenny. It's. I know, know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? King Kong. Was she in King Kong? Yeah, the new yeah. one. Oh, not the newest, newest. The one before. Oh, yeah, the Jack no. Black one. No, you're talking about 
Dougie's wife, aren't you? Yeah. No, I'm talking about the young girl in the car with the drug guy. The car with the drug guy? Yeah. They, they, they do some drugs in the car, and she's in the Cadillac, and then she looks up at the... Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. She's a really famous... American Beauty. Yes. Famous <laughs> actress. Yeah. But she's been introduced as the daughter of one of the characters, and... The scene where they're in the car and she does some drugs and then she's looking up in the air. It's like total David Lynch. And it's very reminiscent of the first Twin Peaks. Is it? Yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a nut. Her mother gets involved with a bloke in a car who's a drug kind of guy. Okay. It's almost a repeat of what's going on last time. Again, that would get lost to me. So it has no it value would. except she was really good. And, and the I way like that. that scene looks where she's just looking up and she's high and the, the car starts to drive off. It's just real lynchy thing. I love that. Lynchy. And then the final thing I loved was Dougie in the elevator. <laughs> like he's Dougie's lost. Doug, if you don't been watching it, Dougie is a version of Agent Cooper that has kind of no. It's kind of a blank slate. He's been erased, so he, he doesn't really know anything, even including how to go for a pee. He has to be told like what to do and go where to go. But he's in an elevator. And all the people are facing forward and he's facing the other way. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and just standing there, drinking his coffee like it's like a um, a kid's sippy cup. Like <laughs> like he just loves the coffee. Because apparently that's his thing. That right? was his thing when he wasn't a blank slate. And these things are kind of coming back to him. But anyway, Twin Peaks, it's an absolute must watch for me. I, I count every Sunday. I'm like so excited that Twin Peaks is on. So <laughs> I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to sayschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, and you can listen to all of the episodes, 483 of them, on the page. You can email feedback to me at sayschoolie.com. You don't email SidTalk because it is out of bounds. <laughs> it's not out of bounds, but I probably won't write you back. And uh, finally... um. I would say stay classy, Michelle Rodriguez. I think, actually, out of the entire thing here, I probably enjoyed her the most. Mm. But like I say, I did not enjoy this. <laughs> so it's not like the hugest compliment ever. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you.